again, yes. keeps coming back to dumping on Rami here. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. No, Stefan last year had probably his most productive year, and he's a young receiver we just extended, and he's a not only a major part of our offense and a major part of our organization winning games, but he's also uh, does a lot of things for this organization off the field as well. So, you know, there is no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. And when you have the some of the offensive talent that we have with him and Thielen together, and with Rudy and Irv Smith and with uh, Delvin Cook and Madison, um, we have a pretty good uh, support staff around that, or a support cast around our quarterback. Rick Spielman there, Vikings GM at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indy. This is Score North Live on, I just, I'm right off the top, right off the top, I called it Score North Live. Steering the ship today with Mackie. Oh, really? You're on the show every day. Mackie and Judd Jonathan's with Rami. Purple Daily before you called it Score North Live. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami, minus Mackie, sure? so Judd with Rami. And Jonathan, the peanut gallery on 1500 <laughs> scorenorth.com and the score north app. Plenty to get to hmm, between now upgrade. and six o'clock, including okay, we'll talk with uh, Matthew Collar from the combine in Indy at 430. The scoop with Doogie coming up at five o'clock. And I'm sure a spirited session of a uh, cram session coming up at 530. That's where Judge Jonathan asks random questions and arbitrarily hands out points and declares a winner based on uh, how he's feeling that day. Not on any merit whatsoever. Just well, the no. last question today, I he, will base on merit alone. He throws out I'm testing you. You can't on this do one. that. that. That's we'll he, get. We'll Jonathan get to it throws out quality questions. That last questions question, I'm excited to hear. You're going to start for. kissing ass now. Jonathan throws out quality questions, and we answer. You're going to start kissing ass now. Well, absolutely. This is a important part of the show that comes from a key member. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> wow, laying it on thick. <laughs> Before we get into the scout, what's what was said at the combine today by Rick Spielman and others, and again, we'll talk with Matthew Collar from the combine at four thirty. Speaking of making amends and people who contribute to this show, have we made any headway in mending fences with our guy Roger after yesterday? Phil outed him on the air for a medical Roger. condition. Randy, Randy, I'm sorry, Randy. Now we haven't. No. His, when I get Roger, you just called him what Roger. is wrong with me? We're off to a <laughs> just, terrible start. Do you want start. me to, do you want me to start, guide yeah, You know thing? what? You got this. Okay, Randy, call in. I want give us mock. the mock. You just want the opener again. We'll just start Phil's this whole gone. thing over. No, that's all right. We're already seven minutes in. <laughs> Mackie, is it really seven minutes in? Wow. Wow, four. Whatever. Yeah. Mackie's out. Yep. Randy, call in. I all tweet, seriousness. I tweeted him yesterday. I was even speaking his language and misspelling words and all caps. I tweeted him yesterday. I said, Mackie won't be here today. Call in with your mock. We want it. And I got no response. There were some angry tweets on his timeline later that day. Really? Yes. Can what you share those? Uh, hang yeah, on. Can we say them on, on air? Or yeah, will the I, th- FCC I think so. Hang on. Let me pull it up. I wasn't prepared. They're probably for just this. misspelled. Um, oh, super yeah. misspelled in, in all okay. caps. It's misspelled. Um, it's better. Let's see here. <laughs> and there's more today. <laughs> But no one lets hear them. You can't just read them to yourself yeah. and laugh on air. That's Hold not on. good radio. Hold on one sec. First of all, right after Mackey ex- revealed his his medical condition, which yep. was which was Jokic on the air yesterday, Randy hung up. Have Did- we ever found out how Mackey found out that? I have no idea. He has inside sources. Mm. Randy hung up, then tweeted out, 
All caps, no mock toady. I think he meant today. <laughs> yes. Okay. You read that yesterday. Yes. The toady. Yes. <laughs> then, then yesterday, uh, a little later, he tweeted, you make fun of a serious medical condition. You're pretty low. All caps, bozo. Yes, I saw that one. That's the last one I saw. And that was approximately bozo. the same time that we got the... We got the email from the from the listener who was very upset with Mackie for outing Randy about this and was actually seriously upset about it. Tony tweeted Randy and said it was pretty low to go after your medical condition, to which Randy quote tweeted and said, it is a person private issue I am taking care of with, except it's spelled W-I-T-J, my physician. Somebody said you should be focused. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Stop yes. for a second. Did he spell physician correct? He spelled That's physician right. What? He spelled okay. physician right. <laughs> he got physician. Randy got physician. How's that even possible? <laughs> he can't get today. He can get physician. Andrew told him you should be focusing your energy on mocks. He said, I'm trying to. Then today, somebody asked him what happened, and he said, Phil Mackey, M-A-C-K-I-E, make fun of a health concern I have been wrestling with, and the most recent tweet, is this the most recent tweet? Oh, no, it's not, actually. Um, if you're dealing with jock itch, I can offer support and no judgment, Randy tweeted. Somebody said, what day was this? I think asking him what day this happened on the air, he said it start last month, but it get really bad about a week and change ago. Wow, Randy, really? <laughs> Cutting open a vein. Man, he's letting all the details out now. Well, anyway, long story short, Randy, do us a favor. Call in with the mock. We will not even bring up the jock itch anymore, and we want the mock. Need the mock. Need well, Randy's I want to know mock. who he's got the Vikings Need Randy's mock. Taking. All right, do we let's... dare ask the application process for how he gets the apple cider vinegar or whatever it was? You know, we got a tweet from somebody yesterday who actually explained that. Oh wow! I think it was washcloth. I think it was a Twitter. That makes yeah. sense. Washcloth. I think it was Twitter uh, guy Chad who tweets us all the time. Okay, yeah. He actually explained it in detail. I didn't need to know that. I was wondering if there was like a saucer involved. <laughs> if we're talking about like a okay. you know a dipping situation. <laughs> I guess. All right, <laughs> Steelman. <laughs> Yeah, let's just move on to a transition. We don't have a transition sounder, but right. that's our transition. Let's transition. What's the Batman transition sounder? Let's You've probably one. forgotten what you heard Rick Spielman say at the top of the show, but he was asked about Stefan Diggs and all the speculation surrounding the Vikings wide receiver. No, Stefan last year had probably his most productive year, and he's a young receiver we just extended, and he's a not only a major part of our offense and a major part of our organization winning games, but he's also uh, does a lot of things for this organization off the field as well. So, you know, there is no reason or the rumors or whatever you're talking about to, to anticipate that Stefan Diggs is not going to be a Minnesota Viking. And when you have the some of the offensive talent that we have with him and Thielen together and with Rudy and Irv Smith and with uh, Delvin Cook and Madison, um, we have a pretty good uh, support staff around that or a support cast around our quarterback. How much stock do you put in that there, Judd? Uh, well, let's see here. I went to the Google machine and looked up uh, 2013 at the NFL Combine, February of that year, when Rick Spielman was asked about Percy Harvin and uh, said, uh, we have no intent to trade Percy Harvin, and I believe a month after that, Percy Harvin was traded. So but Percy Harvin is, was not Stephon Diggs. 
In terms of production, no, no, in terms of the type of player that he is. No, but it's, well, Percy Harvin was pretty doggone good, but that's not the point. The point is not the players. The point is Rick Spielman is Rick Spielman. And that's the most important thing. So if you're going to put in any stock into what Spielman said about Stefan Diggs today, I think you should take a step back and re-examine the fact that Rick Spielman would gladly, gladly tell you anything that you would like to hear that might not be true. In fact, you know what? Rick should go into business, actually, calling people up and giving them good news that's totally false. Because that's what this is. Like, we have no idea. That's a lot of what being a GM is. I mean, sure. a, lot, a lot of this is, is being, is but being I got, a poker but, player. But I saw tweets today saying Rick Spielman laughed at the notion of Diggs being unhappy or traded. Okay, it's foolish to buy into what he says. He's going to be asked the question. He's going to tell you one thing. Uh, but the Percy Harvin case is a perfect example of the fact that if Stefan Diggs has demanded a trade or is not happy or has voiced intentions that he would like to get out, Rick Spielman's not going to tell you that. Of course he's not. He's going to tell you the polar opposite you're, of that. You're right in that. So it's not, but I'm not comparing the players at all. Right, right. I'm, no, comparing, I see what you're I'm saying. comparing the person who's doing the talking about the players. You're right that we don't, we should not put much stock into what Rick Spielman says there. And that's no offense to Rick Spielman. That's just, like I just said, that's a lot of what a general manager's job Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yep. Is, is playing poker and holding your cl- cards close to the vest. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not dismissing the Stefan Diggs rumors and speculation based on what Rick Spielman said. But the reason I say Stefan Diggs is not Percy Harvin or vice versa is because the caliber of player that mm. we're talking about no, I, yeah. certainly affects whether or not you, you would be you would trade him or how willing you'd be to trade him. Percy Harvin was a ultra super talented player, yeah. but he had become a pain. And that the only question with Stefan Diggs, and we just don't know this because we've sort of seen glimpses, but the key is you get out of a situation, especially in football, by becoming a royal pain, right? And as of right now, he skipped a couple days, which is a very bad thing, but he got fined very, very heavily for it. Um but, you know, do you think the Vikings really care about his tweets or Instagram activity? Obviously not. And so if Stephon Dix comes back here and does some internal grumbling, and that's it, guess what? He's here. He signed to a good contract. He's going nowhere. As we have seen with football players, and I guess it especially applies to wide receivers, when they decide to become a complete pain in the behind, that's a different story. But until he does that, this is going to be – Percy had become a massive pain. Percy had Percy was basically, I think, to the point of threatening to and or disrupting things. I don't sense that Stefan Diggs is close to that. And I don't even know what's interesting about his situation right now, Rami. We don't even know if he's truly unhappy. I just don't put any stock in, into what Rick says. And I do agree with what you're saying, though. GMs and coaches... Sports lie constantly. Sure. Like nobody really says, I can't believe Rick Spielman didn't tell me the truth. It's just in, important. I've never been offended by a lie no. that a general manager but, or any sports executive told me. There the, have been plenty of them. Absolutely. But the flip side that we do, and, and we've talked about this before, is the interpretation techniques. So read between the lines. Yeah. So we are we are more than in our right to take what he says and think, I think he's sports lying and here's what I think is going on. Because the only thing that frustrates me is when the fans say, well, the GM said this, so it must be true. It's like, no, no, no. But, yeah, I'm with you. I I expect to be lied to and then interpret the lies, uh, but I, I never get, get offended by the lies. I get upset. I get offended when you I don't try don't. very hard to lie. Okay. I, I've That's, said that yeah. before about Rob Manfred and the whole Astros cheating scandal. 
Just try a little bit harder. Don't treat me like a child. If the situation is beyond repair, then you might as well at least tell me some of the truth. But like this might not, this might be, we don't know. This might be um, a very small fire or just some smoke. So Rick Spielman was certainly not going to come out today and say, did you see those tweets too? Boy, this is going to be a problem. Obviously, he's not going to do that. Weren't those ominous <laughs> eyeball emojis? Am I right, you guys? Off of Instagram? I can't believe it. <laughs> we were as surprised as you were. What do you think we should do? That would be weird. That would be weird if he said that. I just don't think they're trading Stephon Diggs. Again, not for anything that Rick Spielman just said there, but a wide receiver that good on that price tag, and when you have a quarterback the caliber of Kirk Cousins who needs people around him to make him better rather than he makes the people around him better. Absolutely. You can't trade Stephon Diggs unless he just becomes a major pain in the ass. Like, that's the only way that you can trade Stephon Diggs if he forces his way out Antonio Brown style. Do I think there's something going on here? Perhaps. I can't interpret right now from the Diggs camp and his standpoint how serious it is. How about that for fairness? I think that's quite fair. Meanwhile, he was also uh, asked about the job security, the future of Mike Zimmer with the Vikings. Kevin is a very smart person um, for his age, very experienced. Oh, I'm sorry, that was, the, uh, that was the Kevin Stefanski. Actually, we don't have the sound of him talking about Mike Zimmer. My apologies, because that was in the side session with okay. reporters. I do have the tweet from Courtney Cronin, though, where she uh, said Spielman did not discuss whether he or Mike Zimmer are having their contracts extended this offseason, but said he anticipates Zimmer coaching next year. And beyond, that's a quote, next year and beyond. Yeah, I think the ownership came out and made a very strong statement on Coach Zimmer. We expect him to be our coach next year and beyond. He's done a phenomenal job leading this football team. I think he's not satisfied either. We all want to sit here and win this thing. And by the coaching staff that he's assembled and the changes that he has to make on the coaching staff tells you that we don't have a lot of egos in our building and that everybody, we're trying to get the best talent that we can. That's a difficult. That's a difficult one to interpret exactly because of the fact that Rick is also, as of right now, on a short term contract. Right. So is Rick speaking for the Wilfs? There is Rick speaking for himself and his hopes and his dreams and his goals. And I really, as we talked about on Score North Live earlier today, which you can hear noon to two right here on Score North and the Score North app. But of course, um, and it was great stuff. Don't go and uh, don't go and. Listen to that until we're done today. Wait till at like six, six seven. Yeah, exactly. It's good dinner time listening. I really think that the most important thing here when it comes to the future of Stefan Diggs, when it comes to the future of Kirk Cousins, Rami, when it comes to really the direction of this team is going to be eventually finding out what the contract extensions, if they come along for Spielman and Zimmer, are going to be. Because once we get that, we're going to have a much better idea of where things stand as far as time. You know, if these guys remain on what essentially amounts to year-to-year deals, which if you have a one-year extension does amount to that, they're going to be in a hurry to try to win constantly. And I'm not trying to say that they don't want to win, but I do think that if you all of a sudden get, let's say, a four-year extension or something, it builds in some time to make decisions about things like quarterbacks. But yeah. until we're but until we know what the Wilfs, what Ziggy and Mark decide on that, it's a bit difficult to sit here and and speculate on what these guys might be trying to do for, let's say, three years down the road. We'll get into more of the Viking stuff to come from the combine in just a few minutes. Matthew Collar is going to join us from Indy here on Mackey and Judd with Rami. 
But real quick, I want to go over some of the takeaways from the NFL Competition Committee meeting, if you don't mind, Judd. No. First of all, they talked about the uh, pass interference challenge rule that they put in place last year. And Green Bay Packers president and CEO Mark Murphy said on Monday, by the way, it seems like he's... He's become a big the deal. mouthpiece. He's become a very big for deal. ownership and at the competition committee. Yep, I think he's in line to be the next commissioner of this league. That's just purely went, speculation. Before he got the Packard job and replaced Bob Harlan, he was at Northwestern, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's a highly educated guy. He yep. played in this league, so smart. he has he has the player he's side of guy. things. Yep. He has the owner side of things. I think he's very very equipped to be the GM. He also happened to tell me a few times he thought I was really good at my job. But that's got nothing oh, to do with no the chance of commissioner. Yet. That's got You know nothing. what? He's going to expect to get the job, but he won't because they'll find out about that. <laughs> I'll actually have an in with the commissioner, unlike Rob Manfred. Oh, he's like, going to pick up the phone. He'll no actually quiet. talk to no. me. Rami who? No, he remembers me. I'm sure he remembers me. Good buddies, me and Mark Murphy. Anyways, he <laughs> yes. was talking about the uh, PI challenge rule. He says, overall, the results were not great. And I think it really is putting the New York officiating office in a very difficult position, but it's still pretty early, and we're looking at different options. So they are not really all that pleased with how replay review went last year. He did go on to say, replay has been the most successful when you're dealing with objective information, and we added a subjective nature to it. The challenge for a lot of coaches was trying to determine what's the standard. The standard was set pretty high. That's subjective. The decision on the field is subjective. And then the standard in review is also subjective. I honestly, and I I know we, we talked about it and complained about it, and weren't really too pleased with how PA challenge was going, especially early in the season. But all in all, and ultimately by the end of the year, I actually thought they did a pretty good job with it. And I don't say that very often about the NFL and matters like this or, or uh, NFL officiating and matters like this. Look, it's a new thing. Like he said there, it's, it, there's, judgment involved this isn't a hard and fast rule there's subjectivity and judgment involved and i think for for all the obstacles all the hurdles that you had to clear in terms of putting in pass interference challenge i thought it was actually pretty successful in the first year judd i was i was happy with it after all was said and done now there's still room for improvement Mm -hmm. but there are going to be growing pains and evolution with any major new change you try to implement in the NFL, I thought it went well. I was I was pleased with the pass interference challenge by the end of the season, to be quite honest with you. Well, the first, what, eight weeks or so were a mess. Total mess. They were a, a complete mess. Uh, the one takeaway that I had that I hated was reviewing touchdowns and finding pick plays, which cost the Vikings on the Dalvin Cook play in Green Bay. Right. It caught, did it cost uh, Green Bay in a game against Philadelphia or vice versa? It might have cost Philadelphia I remember a touchdown. It was some Bay type of pick play, but yeah. it's like, are you really going? You're really looking for that? But as, as um, Kevin Seifert's piece this morning that I saw on ESPN.com pointed out, the issue is if you ditch it now. So let's say they're like, it didn't work. Let's get rid of it. You're going to be right back to square one, which is you're going to have an egregious play, right? Right. That's not going to be if it's um, if it's gotten rid of reviewable and now that's going to be a huge problem i didn't love it but i thought but i think by the end of the season they were they were at least to your point going in a decent direction and look this job is tough and one thing that bothered me about it especially in probably the first eight weeks or so was it felt like officials didn't know what to call and what didn't and what not to call 
And, and it was almost like the play itself on the field in the Saints Rams um, championship game, conference championship game, had scared them away of what's a PI and what's not. But as that started to get back to normal, I'm with you. I wouldn't take it out. Now, if it blows up again and does not work, and they're not going to because they know the nightmare that awaits if you have another instance that's like exactly what happened right. in the NFC but Championship. I'm say, but I'm game. saying, I'm saying, if you go through 2020 and it's a complete mess again, and it gets to be a problem, let's go back and look at the process. But yeah, I think with putting up with what they did, starting with that conference title game and going through the first eight or nine weeks of this year, and then it started to stabilize a bit. I wouldn't ditch it, no, because. It will go back to we will have within the first five weeks next year some egregious, terrible PI that does that doesn't get called, can't be reviewed. They just need upon replay. I think they need to have, and they didn't have this in 2019. They need to have some type of standard for it because it was just so inconsistent. Zim would throw flags, and you had no, and you're like, by the end, you were just like, don't throw the flag, don't even bother, right. Of, remember, it was like one out of the first fifty some pass interferences yeah. that were challenged was actually overturned. Yeah, but I do think that with where they where they landed by the end of 2019, I would stick with it and at least continue to try to continue to try to make it work because it's not perfect. But guess guess what else is not perfect? Having a guy in the NFC title game get mauled. And you can't fix it. Right. A couple other things they discussed at the uh, competition committee. Um, they're looking, uh, they discussed the league's two year drop in onside kick recoveries, a byproduct of changes to the kickoff in 2018. Last year, owners rejected a proposal that would have given teams a chance to convert a fourth and 15 from their own 35 yard line I rather love, than kick it off. I love that one. The league experimented in the Pro Bowl with a similar option, but from the 25 yard line, Murphy said he considers that approach, quote, a little gimmicky. I'm, I'm kind of with them. I, I get why you're doing it. It's your buddy. But it does feel gimmicky to me. It is, but I like it more than than the fact that an onside kick now is it's useless. Pointless. It's totally so pointless. So let's do something that actually gives the team a chance to retain possession of well, the football. Well, there is another suggestion out there. Saints coach Sean Payton, another member of the committee, has suggested a return to previous kickoff rules during the final two minutes of a game. But they made those changes in the interest of player safety. You can't, if you're the NFL, go back now and go... You know, guys, are worried about your safety until the last two minutes of the game. Then at that point, we don't care. Could Go, the PA get all the concussions you want in stadium. Come on and say it's the last two minutes of the game. It's a free for all. It's Welcome con- to the Thunderdome. <laughs> it's concussion time. Once your bell rung, now, and they could put, you know, ding, and they could play. That it's the last two minutes. Time for concussions. They're just constantly playing the opening to Hell's Bells. Just yes, dong. that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Crowd starts chanting C T E C T E. But that is the problem, right? Yes. Like, how do you do that? You don't. You can't. Last two minutes of the game, we're not worried. By the way, we know where Sean Payton stands on player safety. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty clear now. Also, yeah. uh, this, this, this upset me. Adding a sky judge who would sit in the press box and have the authority to throw flags or reverse penalties has not been discussed this week. That's the, that's the best and easiest way to fix officiating. If you have a sky judge. Seriously. That would, I thought coaches were trying to. That would go so far. Politic for this, no? I, they would be smart too if they want calls. If they want referees to get calls right, they are though 
uh, looking at two XFL rule innovations that have caught the eyes of committee members. The first is a kicking alignment that has led to 93% of all kickoffs being returned. I haven't watched the XFL, but I do like their kickoff alignment. The second is a no-kick, three-tiered set of options for point-after touchdown attempts, point-after options uh, not only make the play more interesting, Murphy said, but also reduce the possibility of overtime. And that is, correct me if I'm wrong, XFL viewers, one point to convert a uh, to convert the extra point from the two yard line, yep. two points from the five, and three points from the ten. Is nope, that right? But there's so. no kicking, no PATs, no PATs. Yeah. No All right, the Pro Bowl idea is gimmicky, but I love it. The fourth and fifteen. Yes. Yeah. For let, let's just go to that because it's not as dangerous. You can't just unilaterally declare in the last two minutes of a game that we don't care about you now. Our rules are going to protect you until the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. Then we don't care. Fourth and fifteen. It, I, I get it. It's so. But when they ran though, it, it was fun man. to watch. I know. I get and, it. And by the way, by the way, it features quarterbacks. True. You love good quarterback I play, do love right? Good quarterback play. Why, why not feature quarterbacks? Fourth and fifteen. Who's more important than the quarterback? How we often got... are like old timey coaches bound to run that thing, like the Zimmers of the world who barely go for fourth yeah, and the one. The old timey coaches are not going to do it. The, you know, but there's a lot of new timey coaches. Yeah. New timey. To new-timey. use your phraseology, <laughs> there's a lot of new timey coaches that might. Old school I mean, coaches I mean, aren't going to run it. I have just a yes or no question for you guys because we got to get to a break then get collar in. Are you still watching the XFL? I'm flipping by it and I'm staying a little yeah. while. I'll watch watch? It. You're not watching. Neither of you are watching. Neither of you just... I mean, I won't be watching well, Why you ask questions because... Because... Neither, neither of you just said yes. Yeah. I watched it these past two weeks. I won't watch it next weekend because MLS is back, so I'll be busy. He asked us a question and then called us live. The MLS yeah. is back, you said, Jonathan? Yes. Where can folks hear the MLS? Uh, they can hear Minnesota United right here. Oh, every wow. single broadcast. On Score North? On Score North. On 1500? On Score the Score North app? Yes, That's absolutely. That's great, I'm the host, and Dan Terrar is the play-by-play. What? I'm just going to say right now, I have high hopes for the uh, loons this season. I'm going to tell you why later in today's show. All right. Yeah. I, I'll try to do the same thing. It's Scorn. <laughs> it's Mackie and Judd with Rami. <laughs> we'll talk with Matthew Collar from the Scouting Combine in Indy right after this on 1500 scorenorth.com and that so so free Score North app. Dale Tondrick is here to help make sure you have a plan and that you are on the right track financially for retirement. There's all kinds of things to think about, whether you're 30 years old, 50, 60, doesn't really matter. Well, for one, are you going to have enough money later in life? Are you saving enough money so that you can retire and live comfortably as the life expectancy uh, continues to grow? Ideally, you'd like to live until you're 80, 90, 100, I don't know, but you want to make sure you're not running out of money later in life. Maybe you're actually able to retire earlier than you think. That's another common mistake people make if they're not fully tuned in with their retirement savings plan. If you make the right decisions now, you might be able to retire a year or two or five, who knows, earlier than you think. And also various tax-related things that could save or cost you a lot of money depending on which path you choose. With Dale Tondrick, you'll meet face-to-face with somebody who spends his life thinking about this stuff. Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. He is a trusted source of information to help you on your path. 952-401-1671. That's 952-401-1671 or myinvestingcoach.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a moment. 
But first, a reminder, more new deep dives are available on Minnesota Sports Rewind, including two new episodes on the Johan Santana trade and the craziest season in Vikings history. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind, available on the Score North app, Apple, and Spotify. Also over on scorenorth.com right now. Matthew Collar has his five takeaways from Rick Spielman's Combine Media Session, and Judd Zalkhead has his interpretation of what Rick Spielman said about Diggs' contract situation. That's over at scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app, and anywhere you want to find Score North. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios. Speaking of Matthew Collar, he joins us now, where he has been hanging out, listening to Rick Spielman all day long at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. And Matthew, we'll start you with this one. What was your takeaway from what Rick had to say about Stefan Diggs? Because at the outset of today's show, uh, my point was, I recall vividly seven years ago when Rick said, we have no intention of trading Percy Harvin. And a month after that, Percy was traded. So as you heard Rick sort of uh, spell out the fact how important Diggs is and he expects him to be with this team how much stock did you put into that, and how much did you raise a skeptical reporter's eyebrow? Well, I, I not only raised the skeptical reporter's eyebrow, but I also raised a question to the general manager about this very topic. I looked across the table during our little one-on-one side session with just the beat people, and I said, Rick, has Stefan Diggs asked you to be traded? And it would have been very easy for him to just say no. But instead, he said, and I will quote this exactly, I haven't talked to his agent at all. And when I do talk to his agent, all those talks that I have with his agent are going to be internal. Well, why would you be talking to his agent pertaining to Stefan Diggs if there's nothing to talk about? He's under contract, as uh, Spielman mentioned several times. And I thought the number of times that he noted that Diggs was under contract was, in a way, a message about being under contract that we just signed you to an extension. So, you know, that's the thing about this entire situation. There is some smoke uh, where there's fire, but at the same time, Stefan Diggs has very little in terms of leverage to do anything about it if he does want to go. And I should note that at the Super Bowl, Diggs did no less than a dozen interviews. I found as many as I could, and there was zero evidence of him raising a stink or taking little pot shots at people. And trust me, I'm always looking for that stuff, as you know. Um, but there really wasn't. And so you know, I think for right now it's an uncomfortable situation because no one has directly come out and said everything's great between us. And that makes me think that, you know, we've all been barking a little bit up the right tree. But at the same time, Spielman made it pretty clear. We don't want to trade this guy. He's really good at football. That is an odd answer when he says, I haven't spoke. I mean, isn't isn't that effectively a no if he hasn't spoken to the agent yet? Isn't that, I mean, if Stephon Diggs didn't directly ask for a trade, then the agent would. So isn't isn't he saying no and couldn't he have just said no, he hasn't asked me for a trade. Instead of saying I haven't talked to his agent yet, that's so, it's such an odd answer to your question. Well, that's right. And uh, you're, if you have Zolgadian reporting instincts, what you do is listen for what they don't say, not just what they do say. And in this case, it would have been extremely easy. There's only a couple of us there to just be like, no, man, I don't know where this is all coming from. And I did ask Rick what he thought of all the coverage because – you know, we're watching Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre talk one day, and they're trading digs all over the league. It's like, wait a minute. How does this even become a, a thing, right, when there's no credible report that they've tried to trade digs? And two times in the past when it's come up, uh, they've put it out there that they weren't trying to trade him at all. And I asked for Rick's uh, reaction to that, and he said, 
something to the effect of, well, there might be some fake news sometimes, but that's kind of how it is or whatever. There wasn't a, it wasn't like a defiant, I have no idea where this came from. It was sort of a, well, sometimes things are exaggerated type of type of deal. So, you know, I, I think that what we can whittle down is that, no, Stefan Diggs is not super thrilled, especially if he's on a team that's talking about how much they love running the football. But at the same time, there's nothing he can do about it. So he better show up to OTAs and training camp and everything else and, and play football next year. Because even if he tried to pull some Antonio Brown type of thing, A, that ruins your reputation. You don't want to do that. And B, it also, they could cut him and void his guarantees if he breaks his contract. So it's a, it's a situation where I think it's uncomfortable, but it will probably just continue to go forward as it. Your best guess after the side session and also the podium session with uh, the Vikings GM Rick Spielman today, Collar, Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook is the first to get a, a contract extension, or I guess in Kirk's case it's an extension and a restructure as well. If you were a gambling man now, after hearing Rick today, which which one of those two are you putting your money on getting a new contract? Well, so Spielman really didn't even hesitate to talk about how much he wants to extend Delvin Cook. And in the past, when they've talked that way, it usually gets done. Now, there is some concern. I, I spent some time out last night on the town in Indianapolis. Look at you! Quite a few people, yes. But I was drinking Diet Pepsi. I'm still proud of you. You know what? I'm and, proud uh, of you. And and it is weird to be in a place where everyone else is not drinking Diet Pepsis, but anyway, so uh, not my scene, but just for all of you, I decided to sacrifice myself and go get wow. some information. And one of the things that I came away with is that there's some people looking at this situation saying, Delvin Cook shouldn't overplay his hand. Like, don't do that, man. Don't think that you're going to get an Ezekiel Elliott type of deal because you haven't been healthy and you've had one really good year, full season, but even then you still had some injuries too. And, and you're very valuable and the team loves you and they definitely want to sign you. Spielman did not talk about anything as it pertained to running back value or anything like that. It was, this is a very good core of young players on offense we need to keep around. So I, I think the Vikings are saying, yeah, we'll do it. But I've heard that it better be on the right terms because if Delvin Cook overplays his hand here, he's going to look foolish like Le'Veon Bell and like Melvin Gordon. Um, now, on the other side of things, the Cousins, the very important point, it, it kind of comes down to Kirk. Like, how bad do you want that left guard, Kirk? Because if he wants a left guard really bad, he could sign a contract extension today and lower his cap hit and open up cap space for the Vikings to sign somebody at left guard uh, There's a guy for the Patriots, Joe Thune, who is really good and a really good fit, but he's going to cost about $12 million a year. So if he wants that, he could definitely do it. But if you're on his side, aren't you looking forward and saying, well, just had the best year of my career. I'm going to come back with all these weapons next year and, you know, the, you know let's maybe play it out or, or whatever. You have that type of leverage that he's performed statistically very well over these last two years, and there's always desperation for quarterbacks. So, you know, it's a, that's, a, that's a tricky one, but they could get that done really soon or never get it done at all. I'm not really sure. You know, one angle of the, the potential contract extension for Kirk Cousins that I hadn't really considered until reading Courtney's piece at ESPN.com today, and we talked about it on Score North Live this afternoon. You can hear that show weekdays, noon to two, and go back and listen to it anytime you want on the totally free Score North app. But that's that... 
there may be some urgency for the Vikings if they want Kirk Cousins beyond 2020 to get a deal done before free agency starts so that they know their own financial situations. They know what they go into free agency with to keep their own players and try and upgrade at some other positions. Also, because the price tag is going to go up the more of these high-profile quarterbacks that sign. But the flip side is that there might not be a lot of urgency for Kirk Cousins to sign it because... If he waits a year or he waits until this free agency class clears, he can probably make more money than what he would get if he signed with the Vikings today, Matthew. Yeah, there's so much up in the air here. There's also a 17-game season that could happen. And if you're Kirk Cousins, and and I get the idea that Kirk Cousins is a guy who wants to maximize his dollars, right? And I don't blame anybody for that. You do you. If they're going to pay you that much, then get your money, boy. But uh, when, when you think about uh, that 17-game season lingering, if that's only two years off, you don't want to sign a five-year contract extension. You want to be hitting the market when that extra money might be out there. I mean, this thing could add an extra $100 million to every team's salary cap, which would just explode money in the NFL. And Kirk, if he wants to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks, could look at that and say, well, let me sign a, a shorter-term extension or, or something in that ballpark. Or Kirk could even say, look, I've, I've been healthy my entire career. I'll run this thing all the way to the end and, and then see where the Vikings stack up with everybody else. Whether Kirk is going to play hardball is a really interesting question here. We, we just assumed that it was because Washington is a terrible franchise was the reason he did that. But it worked for him once, yep. and it, it could work for him again. And the difference there is where, where I didn't assume that completely collar was this, the guaranteed contract, because that's a huge ask. And so I think I think when Kirk and his people pivoted to not only do we want a rich contract for our client, but it's going to be short-term guaranteed, that told us exactly the thought process there. And so I'm not going to assume that Kirk is now going to come back and say, you know, I got paid by you guys, so thank you, and he, here's a great deal for the Vikings. Now, the flip side is, if I'm the Vikings, I'm saying I'm not going to sign you to a huge contract. But I'm just not going to be surprised if Kirk and his people continue to sort of to pursue a contract that uh, Brzezinski and Spielman might say, yeah, that's a little too rich for our blood. Yeah, and I think, this is just my take on it, not what anyone told me, is you know if you want to make it work for both sides, which means lowering his cap hit for this year, being able to sign some extra people to put around him and make his offensive line better and so forth, but also get him paid through the roof, it's to sign a, another very short-term deal. And, and I'm talking maybe even just one year or two years on a contract extension. It would seem very weird to sign a one-year extension through 2021. But at the same time, the 17-game season might come after that. And you could set it up to say, Kirk, well, you might even get another payday. And actually, maybe if you do it now, by then Mahomes will have his mega deal that will reset the market. And, and that, you know, on, on Kirk's side, that might be what they're waiting for. But then again, there's no super pressure for the Chiefs to do that right away. So it could be just a staring contest between everybody when the Vikings would really love to get that extra cap space. And then, you know, you wonder about Kirk and just how he's viewed. If he doesn't sign a contract extension before free agency and they go in, they don't get another guard. And he doesn't lower his cap hit. I mean, is everyone going to look at him and say, well, thanks for your help, my friend. But I've also heard, too, that what they did with uh, Eric Kendricks in his contract um, in terms of translating some money to different places, 
from bonus to base salary, that there is a, an option to do that with Kirk. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they figure out some way to lower his cap hit anyway. It's just that, you know, this situation could either get resolved very soon or it could really, really drag out. And I wonder if it drags out if people in Minnesota start to look at it the way they did in D.C., where I remember D'Angelo Hall saying something like, yeah, we thought he was kind of focused on his money on that last year. Do you think? Do you get the sense that the Vikings definitely want Kirk Cousins beyond 2020? And if the, and if it was up to them, and he would agree to their price tag, that they would sign that deal tomorrow? I think if you went out to TCO Performance Center and took an anonymous poll, like the ones they do with general managers in basketball for like who's the best mm-hmm. young player or whatever, it would probably be a split. You know, from just talking with Spielman, he's always going to pump it up. I mean, he's always going to say, oh, we're very happy with Kirk. I mean, today he stretched a little bit on it. He said, oh, we were super thrilled with that win in Dallas that Kirk had on prime time. It was like, well, wasn't the game-winning drive all handoff, if I remember that game, right? Like, you, you know what I mean? And, oh, we just loved that comeback win over Denver. Like, yeah, I guess it was. Denver, though, and their quarterback was a third stringer. But sure, I mean, I guess so. Uh, you know, same with last year where, oh, we want to see him get to the next level and win a playoff game, sort of things like that. Very hard to get a, a true feel on how all the organization would vote it if they could get on the same page of whether you should sign him to that extension and lock up a huge amount of cash and cap space and, and make things more difficult for you down the road because now – this is not a team that's already set that you could just drop that contract into. This is a team that needs a lot of work. And if you're going to be talking about this for a few years of trying to work around uh, this huge contract while you're trying to rebuild a defense, you can't really sign anyone and have to hit on draft picks. Yep. Boy, that makes things a lot tougher. And you, and you know what the thing is, too, that people, I guess, forget about how this team was built. One insanely lucky draft of Stefan Diggs Eric Kendricks, Trey Wayans, and Daniil Hunter ends up boosting this team by a lot. Are you going to get another one of those drafts this year or, or next year that's going to do that for you in the future? That's pretty hard to project. Rick says that was all planned, Caller. Rick says he had that all <laughs> laid out. Hey, so, you, you know, we, we've spent a ton of time talking about who's going to be coming back. We've ta- we spent a ton of time uh, so far since the 49ers lost talking about Kirk's contract and Dalvin's contract. But I really think the key conversation here, and what I'm curious to uh, find out is this, is charting the course of this franchise going forward and, and what the plan is for 2020 and certainly beyond. What is your sense, because I don't think Rick talked about this, although he certainly was asked, Matthew, what is your sense about where Rick and Mike stand contractually? Because, you know, if they're going to continue to extend them by a year apiece or, in, in the case of what they could do, allow them to work out the last year of their contracts, there's going to be a huge inherent pressure to win now and make short-term moves. If they extend it by three or four years, now you've got some time to play with. So just from the people that, that you talk to when you're sober and they're drunk, do you get <laughs> do you get a sense of where this franchise is going with the absolutely most key football executives and football people? So, okay, last year when going into the New Orleans game, all the talk about Zimmer being traded to Dallas and all that stuff, that was all real. Okay, so that didn't come from nowhere. But after that win, it seemed like a light flipped on for the Wilts. They had seen God, and God was Mike Zimmer. And 
Uh, it's uh, really wild how football works, right? I mean, I, I remember in Joe Gibbs's uh, documentary on a football life where he almost got fired in like the sixth week of his first year, and he goes on to be one of the best coaches of all time. If Zimmer loses that game, he's either fired or traded. I totally believe that. But they decided now that I, I think that he, they want to go forward with him. It is my understanding that whether that's two years or four years. That's a great question because that will tell us if we get that information, that will tell us how they feel about where they're going to go here in, in the immediate future. Because if you're realistic, this is what I want to know. And I think the Wilfs are great owners of this football team. They pay out. They have incredible facilities, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's a team you want to play for because the ownership is so solid. But uh, now how reactionary will, would they be? You know, would they sign them to a two-year contract extension, go 7-9 and nine and blow them out? Because I think that's not realistic to do something like that. If you're going to be realistic, you have to look at this next season and say, you know what, if we get one of those wild card spots, that's kind of where we got to be because of all the players that have had to leave in the salary cap situation. You should really be building and encouraging Spielman and Zimmer to look a couple of years out. Not that you want to tank or anything, but that – thinking of yourself as a Super Bowl team going into this year is a, is a little bit much. So if you set it at, you better make the playoffs or you're fired. You better go to the NFC Championship or you're fired. Well, then you're not being realistic. So, And you also, here's another point, too. I asked Spielman about uh, tackles, you know, offensive tackles. And the, the offensive tackles generally as rookies are terrible. So, you know, it, if you're Spielman and you're under contract for four more years, you're going to draft a tackle in the first round because you're thinking, well, two years from now, the guy should be able to play, right? But if you are desperate, maybe you're taking a three technique that needs to play right away or a corner that needs to play right away. So I totally agree with you, Judd, that what their extensions are could change their mentalities. Judd just gave me an idea. I see opportunity for you out there, Matthew Collar, as the only sober person out on the night, out on the town at night. I think there are many, many scoops to be had, and for you to get out there before anybody else sobers up who may have the same scoops to get out there. <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. I have one question. What can you tell me about Zimmer being traded to Dallas that we didn't know? Uh, nothing more than just it was a real thing that was being talked about, that was being talked about in Dallas, and that was being mm. talked about in Minnesota. Do you know what the compensation I mean, was that would have come back to the Vikings? I'm curious. No, I don't know that. I just know that that they looked at it. It's, it is kind of crazy to think about it, but they yes. really looked at it like that game was everything. Like, show us what you've got in this game against New Orleans. And they loved the fact that Zimmer schemed uh, really well in that game and used some unique stuff and, and got after Drew Brees when nobody else had all year. And, I mean, I respect that they have – uh, this loyalty to Mike Zimmer and want him to be the guy that they win with. It seems like they really like him. They really believe in his vision. But by the end of last season, I, it was really tense around that building, and everybody knew what the expectations were. Like, you better make some noise in the postseason, and if you don't, it's going to be a huge problem. And so the fact that they were able to win that game, I think just sort of calmed everyone down and said, all right, well, maybe we were being a little bit rash here. But I think if they fling the other way and give Zimmer a four-year contract extension for one playoff win like that, I would also say that might be a little much. So there's probably something in between. There's probably like a two-year extension where you're saying, all right, you, you know, if this year doesn't go 
perfectly. You don't go 13-3. and three. That's okay because we're building towards something for next year because they're going to have to rebuild this defense. Yeah, I think emergency podcast from St. Elmo's or wherever you're having dinner tonight, Collar, and just get all it's the, the Marriott. Dirt out there. I guarantee you, it's in the Marriott Hotel bar. I love it. It's great stuff, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. We'll talk again soon. Yep. Thanks, guys. There's Matthew Collar joining us from Indianapolis and in the juicy. NFL Scouting Combine 2020. Very juicy. Very juicy stuff. But, so, but, so after talking to him, we definitely think that there's something there with Diggs. We think Zimmer was almost traded. See, this is where the the combine's just the greatest. It really is. I mean, this is where all the reckless speculation really starts to get some fuel, Judd. This is where gas is thrown on the reckless speculation fire. can't believe Mackey's not the here NFL for it. Scouting combine. I mean, he's so here for it, I can't believe he's not here for it. This is true. Was he suspended because of the Randy thing yesterday? <laughs> is that what happened? Did, Collar, did Mackey suspended himself? Mackey suspended Mackey? <laughs> Mackey, the content director, suspended Mackey, the host? Well, can you explain to me what he was doing? What do you mean? When he was... When he was confronting Randy, when he was, was reveal- when he was revealing confidential medical information about one of our faithful listeners and he contributors, violating a lot of laws is what he was doing. And we haven't heard back from that guy who has a seven-round mock draft in an incredibly competitive market. Randy, if you're listening, it's a lot of content that's just being wasted, wasted, because wasted. We had to confront him about it's a seven-round mock. My guess right now, as we speak, Star Tribune bidding on it, Pioneer oh. Press bidding on it. There might be another sports he station said, in he town said, bidding he, on it. He did, say, he did say yesterday that he does it for free, for the love of the game. But if somebody wants to pay him to do it, they know how to contact him. I don't know that they do know how to contact him, but Randy do we said... we know how to contact I him? I don't know. He just calls us. I don't know how to contact Randy. Do you Can know how to contact, contact him, Randy? Toady? <laughs> is it possible to contact him to toady <laughs> well, it's quick, even hard to say toady instead of today we'll hit a quick break in a minute we'll get the scoop from uh doogie speaking of juicy talk the scoop with doogie coming up at five o'clock but first judd zolga yeah i want to talk to you about my friend jason walgrave the walgrave real estate team and their guaranteed sales program and we all know it's been trade deadline month around here right around these parts nba basketball guys being traded the Wolves traded almost their entire roster. Now, the Wild made a trade a couple weeks ago. They didn't make one on deadline day on Monday. But nonetheless, they probably came close. And if any of these players had come to me and said, you know what, Judd, I just got traded. I don't live here full time, but I've got a house and now I've got to sell. What should I do? I tell them it's very, very simple. Contact Jason Walgrave, the Walgrave real estate team, and my friends from there, and here's why. Because they are going to be able to sell your home this spring with a guaranteed sale program. That's exactly right. You heard me right. We talk about guaranteed offers, right? Guaranteed offers. No, 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 no. Jason Walgrave and the Walgrave real estate team are talking about a guaranteed sale program. In other words, they take all the pressure off by guaranteeing the sale of your house. All you have to do is go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's jasons, J-A-S-O-N-S, guarantee.com. Click on the guaranteed sale button, and you know what? I guarantee you. You'll be glad you did. Your home for play-by-play is the Score North Studios. Minnesota United FC. Dotson, left foot, left foot, shot. He scores! With a Minnesota goal! The best play-by-play comes to you from the Score North Studios. Hear all the action on Score North. Scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app. United is how we play. Minnesota United Soccer on Score North. Hey guys, it's Mackie here for Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Cannot tell you guys enough about the brand new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving all summer long. The RAV4, there's a reason why it's one of the most popular vehicles in the country right now. 
it's the best combination of the spaciousness of an SUV and the handling of a Camry or a Corolla. Durable, powerful, safety features galore, technology galore. It's actually the first car I've had with Apple CarPlay built into the uh, the front deck. And I just love the fact that I can tap on the Score North app whenever I want to. Well, I know, I'm biased. Um, I also love the fact that I get lane assist and with cruise control, my car senses how far the other cars are in front of me, so I don't have to slam on the brakes. It does that for me. It's amazing. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, or just stop in. Open until 9 o'clock tonight on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. That grass is so green, and it smells so good. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hour two, Mackie and Judd with Rami Sands. Mackie today from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And as always, this time of uh, day on Tuesday, it's 5 o'clock. It's scoopage time with our guy, Doogie. Um, Dugs, I'm going to start you off with this one. How close do you think Zach Parisi was to being a New York Islander today instead of preparing at the X right now to play the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight in the home locker room? If he had his way, by the way, hello, gentlemen. Good to see you. Happy Fat Tuesday. It's Fat hey, Tuesday today. No, so good to see you, Rami. Good to see you, Judd. Jay we, Harrison, uh, good to see you. What do you do What do you do on a Fat Tuesday? I'm a bad Catholic. You get hammered. I'm baptized. I'm confirmed. But what is, what is Fat Tuesday about? Is it just drinking? Is that- it's a Mardi Gras thing. Okay. I don't know if it's a Catholicism thing or not, a religious thing. It's an indictment of how, how we all look right now. Well, I mean, it's pre-Lent, right? It's pre, it's a pre. It's there like is a Lent tie to it. It's, still, it's the last day before Lent. Lent. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. I mean, you're, talk, you're looking at the resident Jew, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, there is. I know there is a Lent tie to it between what now and Easter. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> Thirteen years Catholic school. Tomorrow, tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. And then Friday, you can't eat um, meat. Fridays, you can't just eat fish. Meat, yeah. So M- McDonald's is going to sell a thousand of those fish fillets, fish, which, which had, which had, terrible. by the way, the greatest ad campaign song of all time. And every time I yeah, see one, I fish, think, yeah. give me back my fillet fish, yeah. give me the fish fish. We don't need to hear you one. sing anymore. Oh, it's a great one. This one. Anyway, Zach Priest. By the way, Doogie, do you have Resident Jew on your business card? I should. <laughs> if it's not, you definitely <laughs> should. This, did you see? By the way, did you see the little hubbub in Indianapolis today with the Alabama wide receiver Jerry Jew? Judy, his nickname is Jew, so he's got a Star of David. He's got you know a necklace really? with the Star of David. Yeah, and I guess he had to apologize today. I can just tell you, as somebody who's Jewish, obviously, you're okay. With I it? don't take offense to Jerry Judy, whose nickname is Jew. For obvious reasons, <laughs> his last name shortened. I don't care whether he's wearing a Star Who of David him to necklace apologize? or not. I don't. Probably know. an agent or something. That PR I don't person. Know. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, I'm Parisi. If he had his way, he would be a New York Islander. He would be in the Islanders lineup tonight, I believe. They play the New York Rangers. It doesn't matter. It's meaningless. But yeah, he would be in the Islanders lineup right now. He would not confirm earlier today whether he waived his no trade. He waived his no trade. He's been wanting to get out of here for a while. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if these talks get revisited come this summer. Do you know what killed this deal? Because I, I've heard um, the salary cap implications both ways might have been a problem. But I also heard that Lamarillo, the Islander GM, was infuriated that this even leaked out and might have just killed it himself based on that. So there's all types of stories as to why 
This didn't get, get done. And, you know, keep in mind, too, these talks have been going on back to Paul Fenton. That's where this started. It's obviously a long process. Bill Guerin took the ball and ran with the ball. It leaks out on a trade deadline day. And what I heard was the Islanders brass was very upset by this. I'm fascinated to find out. I don't know the answer, but who leaked it? Okay, we know it wasn't the Islanders front office. It wasn't Lamarillo. Bill Guerin knows Lamarillo incredibly well. They have a history going back a long, long time. I don't think this was Bill. Not that Bill can't be an open book on some things, but I don't think this was Bill. I don't think it was Wild Assistant GM Tom Curvers. So who was it? Agent? I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I Agents do. are often guilty of losing Because Zach things. wanted this. Yeah. I think Zach wanted it out there to hopefully form the narrative of, okay, let's push this thing forward. You know, let's get some feedback on social media, what have you. Let's create some buzz. Let's get this thing across the finish line. So, yeah, my hunch would be that it was, whether it was his direct agent or somebody in the Parisi camp. It wasn't the Wilds front office. It wasn't the Islanders Why front would somebody office. in the Parisi camp sabotage because, it, though, if well, he wanted out? Not sabotaged. I think Zach was okay with oh, okay. this information being out. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll I make- do. Because Zach, I'm telling you, he wanted this trade to happen. And maybe he thought by it being out there that it would push this thing along. By the way, I know it seems like we've asked you this for three weeks running, but do you have any more wild questions? Nope. That I was, What's the status of Richard Pitino? How hot is the seat under Richard Pitino right now? Well, if you look at the way the contract is structured, I have a copy. I found it. I mean, I figured this is going to be a talker here for the next few weeks. So I wanted to look at the language of it because I misspoke in this time slot last week slightly where his buyout right now, is $2 million. I was saying that it was $2 million as of April 30th. It's $2 million right now, mm-hmm. up until April 30th. May 1st, it goes down to only $1.75 million. Ooh. Fast forward a year, so I guess that would be, what, May 1st of 2021, it only goes down to $1.5 million. What I'm getting at is Mark Coyle needs to make up his mind right now. You either cut the cord, you make a move right now on Patino, because the difference between two million and one point seven five million and one point five million really isn't all that much. So you either make the move now or you commit to Patino for the next couple of years. So make up your mind. I don't think he knows right this second. So I don't know what ultimately will happen. I can tell you, and I think I said this last week, but I get it, the audience is ever changing. I'll reiterate it right now that somebody high up on the university food chain, this was before the Iowa debacle. Then a few days later, the Indiana debacle. But before the Iowa debacle, I was led to believe that Patino would be back. Okay. And there really hasn't been any steam like John Beeline is out there, right? Like this time last year, I started to do some digging if anybody with the U had started to feel out whether Fred Hoiberg would have some interest. Right. And clear. I mean, Fred went to Lincoln. Fred would have come here, but the U never reached out on Hoiberg. So that's why I started to think, okay, Patino will be back. And indeed, he was back this year. So far, nothing on Beeline, who you would think would be a logical candidate, but there's any number of directions. If Coyle makes a move, he could go. Like I heard today that Scott Drew of Baylor mm-hmm. would have interest. Now, it would take a lot of money. He's not coming here to be the eighth highest paid coach in the Big Ten. He's not just leaving Waco snap of the fingers. You would have to pay him big time money, but you look at what he's done there at Baylor. Heck, if you could bring in Scott Drew. How much interest would you have? Mike Miller, former NBA player, assistant coach at Memphis. He's going to be a head coach at some point, 
Now, maybe it needs to be at a mid-major, not a high-major. Starts a coordinator, right? He's got a couple boys, by the way, that are phenomenal players. Mm, that might be interesting. If that matters, Mike is a really, really good recruiter. He's got that NBA background. Like, Mike played in the NBA for like 15 years. High draft pick out of the University of Florida. I can just tell you, Mike Miller has all sorts of interest in this Gophers job. The other name I wrote down was Eric Musselman. Now, he'd have to leave Arkansas after one year. But I'm just telling you, Muss has interest in this job. How about Brian Dutcher? Another interesting name. I haven't heard his name. But yeah, I mean, logically, with his dad's connection, what he's built at San Diego State. Now, he's been in San Diego for a really long time. Like, he was the main assistant for Steve Fisher for a really long time. I know he loves it there. So I don't know if I would put my money on on Dutcher. How much blame are you, because you, you obviously follow the program very closely, Dukes, are you putting on Patino for where things are right now? Because the program's been up, it's been down, it's been up, it's been down. He has not done a terrible job. Uh, and to your point, I don't think anybody ever broached this conversation during the course of the 2019-20 season for Gopher basketball until the Iowa loss. So realistically, and I guess fairly, how much should we put on Patino for what has gone wrong in the last two weeks? And by the way, the Northwestern win... Good for you. Northwestern stinks, okay? They do, although imagine if they had lost that no, game. I know, or even but, if that game but was, you're better, was but, pretty competitive. But my point is, you're supposed to be a decent team. Like, you should beat Northwestern badly, and they did. But those two losses really, I think, swayed a lot of people to say, whoa, 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 what's going on here? So what's your assessment of what Patino has done or not done? My expectations entering this year were relatively low. You lose Amir Coffey, you lose Jordan Murphy, you even lose Dupree McBrayer. Whatever you think of Dupree, he played a lot of minutes. I just think that's really tough to replace three guys that played heavy minutes. So my expectations were pretty low. You look at Daniel Oturu's development. Now, the previous summer, remember he got hurt at the Hoop Summit in Portland April before his freshman year. He had to rehab that shoulder throughout the summer. This finally was a normal summer for Oturu going back to last summer, but Patino certainly has something to do with Daniel Oturu's development. So I give Patino credit for that. Heck, imagine if he had Marcus Carr last year. Are they higher than a 10 seed? Do they make a run last year to the Sweet 16? I thought the NCAA screwed Patino by not allowing Marcus Carr to have immediate eligibility. So they could have been really good, like really, really good last year. To make it to the NCAA tournament, here, two out of three years, doesn't happen very often. For them to even be in the conversation to make it right now, three out of four years. Like, this program never makes it to the NCAA tournament three out of four years. I always remind people, this program, going back to the 97 Final Four run, has two NCAA tournament wins. You know how rock bottom that is? One of them was Tubby Smith, and the Gophers beat Shabazz Muhammad in UCLA. Then they lose to Florida in the round of 32. Then he's fired. Then Patino has the win last year against Louisville. Then, you know, Murphy gets hurt and they get blown out by Michigan State. But those are the only two NCAA tournament wins for this program going back to 1997. So the bar, to me, is not real high. Now, where I'll go at Patino is, and I heard him with my former radio co-host going back to the fan days, I heard Chad Hartman earlier today talking to Patino, and Richard is talking about how he didn't expect Amir Coffey to go pro. Richard, are you bleeping nuts? We all knew! Like, what do you mean you didn't know Amir Coffey was going to leave? We all knew he was leaving. 
Then he said, yeah, you can't predict the Eric Curry injury. Eric Curry is a walking injury. Like, you had to anticipate something inevitably, unfortunately, was going to happen to Eric Curry. She needed to prepare for those situations. So I can go at Richard. To me, I need to know what's behind the second door. If you know that you can get Scott Drew or Eric Musselman, I get it. You make the move. If it's an open-ended search, you're not quite sure, then I bring back Richard Pitino next year. Let's move on to some Twins talk. What are you hearing about the number 5 spot in the Twins rotation early on in camp? My money would be on Chassin. He pitched two innings today, two scoreless innings, had a couple strikeouts. He's got an opt-out in his contract for March 23rd. I don't think he'll have to think about exercising said option. They can always DFA him in April or May if they need the roster spot. These other guys, Dobnik, Smeltzer, they can be optioned to the minors. My money is on Chassin. I forget how you pronounce his first name, but my money is on Chassin. Jolice. Jolice Chassin. Yes. Yeah, my money is on him making the Twins opening day roster. I'm not quite sure he'll be here in August or September. I could see him being DFA'd at some point. But yeah, my money is on him being with the Twins in Oakland on March 26th. Contract-wise, who is uh, coming up as far as guys that they are potentially going to renew here? And how much do you think, Dukes? Yeah, it's interesting because you think about the zero to two year guys, guys like Mitch Garver, Zach Littell, pre arbitration guys. Yeah, Mitch Garver deserves a uh, a nice contract. He does. I forget if the minimum this year is five hundred and seventy five thousand or if it's five hundred and eighty five thousand. But like last year, they went they went like fifty to seventy five thousand dollars over the minimum for for Barrios. Mm-hmm. You know, Barrios this year was finally arbitration eligible for Mitch Garver, considering what Garver did last year. I mean, I would think they should go what at least what thirty to fifty thousand dollars over the minimum. Yeah. So he should make somewhere. I would hope in the six twenty-five to six hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. But those talks have not yet begun. Those talks will pick up next week. Timberwolves, empty your Timberwolves notebook on where things stand with that. Um, how can I put it nicely? What can I call them these days? Train wreck. Yeah, that's very nice of you. Yeah, I'm okay with that though. Middle purgatory stinks. Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. I I'm prefer just, hitting rock bottom. Yeah, no, Keep I, hitting no, rock bottom. So, so do I, but I'm just saying, yeah. it, uh, he's right. Train wreck is a fair word. It is, but you know what? Keep losing yeah, well, and hoping that my guy J.B. Bickerstaff keeps having his Cleveland Cavaliers win. I texted with J.B. last night. All J.B. does is win. They beat the Miami Heat last hey. night. So now the Cavs and the Wolves Gerson's have the same that. amount of wins. Gerson is plenty fine with that. Gerson's telling Cat, don't worry till training camp, Cat. Yes, I'm okay with them losing. Jordan McLaughlin is approaching the 45-day limit, so he's on a two-way contract. Like In a him. perfect world, somebody would pick up Evan Turner. The problem is, I don't know if Evan can play anymore. Miami has kicked the tires. Boston has sort of kicked the tires. He worked out for the Clippers before they were able to make a move on Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. The Lakers end up with Markeith Morris the other day. You know, so these teams are making moves. You know, Marvin Williams ended up with a playoff contender. Michael K. Gilchrist ended up with a playoff contender. I just don't know if Evan has anything left in the tank. But in an ideal world, Evan Turner gets bought out, lands with a contender. He needs to be on an NBA roster by, what is today, February 25th? By this time next week, March 1st to be playoff eligible. So the clock is ticking, and I know Evan would like to land somewhere else. The Wolves want that to happen, so his agent continues to work on that. So in an ideal world, Evan lands somewhere else in the next week, and the Wolves convert Jordan McLaughlin's two-way contract into a standard contract. You know, maybe 
you know, you guarantee him money for the rest of this year. Maybe it's a team option for next year or multiple team options the way Reed's contract is structured or Jalen Noel's contract is structured. But the Wolves are are pretty big fans of Jordan McLaughlin. Interesting story, too. Uh, going back to draft night, he was all set to go to Phoenix. He was going to be a Phoenix Sun. And they end up, after the draft, signing a guard. Things changed, like snap of the fingers, and Brian Pauga, who's no longer in the Wolves' front office, steered the ship. It was Brian Pauga who convinced McLaughlin and his agent to sign with the Wolves, come to Summer League. Jordan impresses in Summer League. Lo and behold, ends up with the two-way. Jordan McLaughlin is an NBA player. But I've always said there are more NBA players than jobs available. There are a number of NBA talented players, whether in the G League or overseas. There's just not enough roster spots. But I'm convinced Jordan McLaughlin is an NBA player, so hopefully it's with the Wolves. Any other nuggets, tidbits before we let you go, Dukes? Trying to look at what I wrote down here. Gophers, Maryland, tomorrow night at the barn. Mm-hmm. Ten NBA teams, at least ten NBA teams. The Wolves have their season tickets, so the Wolves might have Joe Branch or somebody else in their front office at the barn. But I know at least ten NBA teams are credentialed. I'm trying to remember the last time 10 NBA teams had a scouting presence in the barn. Now, Maryland has a kid, Jalen Smith, who's a first-round pick. Daniel Oturu, who I would, at this point, you hear from some agents because agents are in touch with the family. Dad's in charge of that. Dad travels to all the road games. Mm -hmm. They haven't taken any meetings yet, but the vibe from a few agents is that, that the lean is Oturu goes pro. Now, if he comes back, He's so far ahead school-wise, he can earn his degree in three years. So if Oturu wants to come back next year, that's a big deal. He could earn his degree, but if he's going to be a first-round pick, I think he needs to go pro. So yeah, anyway, 10 NBA teams, at least 10, will be at the barn tomorrow night to scout Oturu and Smith. Last thing, do we know what happened now that it's been about a week with Simone Augustus mysteriously planning to go back to the Lynx, and then we get the press release that she's gone not to the Lynx, but to their chief rival, the Los Angeles Sparks. Yeah, super interesting. I'm glad you asked me that. So Cheryl Reeve, and I don't think she was lying, immediately after the Rebecca Brunson news conference. So the Lynx, about, what, 10, 11 days ago, hold a news conference at Target Center to announce Rebecca Brunson is joining the coaching staff. So our good buddy, my colleague on the TV side, Chris Long, Good job by him. Pulls Cheryl aside after the news conference. Asks her. So we have this on camera. We ran it on Channel 5. Says, Simone, you know, what's going on there? And I'm paraphrasing slightly, but Cheryl said, nothing to worry about. She'll be back. Mm. And Cheryl wasn't lying to us. The Lynx were convinced. Yeah, she'll, she'll be back. My understanding is those days thereafter, she got caught up in free agent frenzy. Like for the first time in, I think, forever, we actually are seeing movement, legitimate movement, free agent movement in the WNBA. A lot of players are changing teams. I don't know where the minutes will come from. That's a loaded Sparks roster. I don't know how she's going to earn minutes out there, but she does have a legitimate chance to win yet another ring, a way better chance in L.A. right now than here. But yeah, I mean, no bridges were burned. Okay, When she wants to come back here, Jersey retired, all that. Good. That'll happen. Good. This is not KG Glenn Taylor. <laughs> but yeah, good. I do know her decision to head to L.A. caught a lot of people here off guard. That's Darren Doogie Wilson catching him on uh, Channel 5 KSTP at the Sports Desk. And also check out the scoop at scorenorth.com and that totally free, handy-dandy Score North mobile app. Always appreciate it, Dukes. Thank you very much, Thank sir. you, gentlemen. Thanks, Doogie. Take care. Real quick before we go to this break, Judd, did you see the giveaway that the St. Paul Saints announced today? Yes, I absolutely think this, this is, is amazing. Genius. This is amazing. And so is the press release that they put out 
to announce the giveaway. If you haven't heard, let me read it to you. The St. Paul Saints won, quote, a piece of metal in 2019, claiming their first championship in 15 seasons. If things go according to plan in 2020, there will be plenty of sunny days sweeping the clouds away ahead. The baseball world may be buzzing about offseason scandals, but none of that goes on at CHS Field. Borrowing a page out of everyone's favorite public access TV show, the Saints' July 31st game will be brought to you by the letter C and the letter S. While everybody knows Oscar the Grouch, the Saints will introduce a new character, Astro the Grouch. The first 1,500 fans that walk through the gates on Friday, July 31st, will receive a unique talking bobblehead, Astro the Grouch. Astro, who lives in a trash can, has baseball antennas, making it easier for him to pick up radio and TV frequencies. With a simple push of a button, Astro will let you know, with a bang or two, what pitch is coming, once for a fastball and twice for a curveball. Sometimes he'll just tell you what's coming by saying fastball or curveball. I got to get one of these things. Brilliant. Absolutely. I got to get my hands on one. This is absolutely the Saints marketing wise are top notch, and this is great. And if the Saints are listening, we would both like to have one of those. Judd Zelgadden. <laughs> you know what the demand from the media who loves free stuff is going too. to be? Exactly. I want one, too. There's, there's what do you mean on that? Nobody, we nobody make content, likes though. free stuff we make like content. the media. I, I will make free food and free gifts. We'll make video content promoting the giveaway night. We'll it's, do it all. It's an awesome idea. We, you know we have helped you get the word out on St. Paul Saints baseball. The Saints. You, you know we've helped. And we will help even more. I'm just going to say right now, the Saints, when it comes to promotions like this, there is nobody in baseball, I don't think, who is better. They're really good. They are. Their promotions team is really, really good. They are. Indeed, they are. Cram session coming up in just a minute. Phil Mackey here. Now, I've been talking about the new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs with superior 4K picture quality and Dolby Vision. And now, TCL has new sound bars. The TCL Alto soundbar, simple to set up, and with available wireless subwoofers, TCL creates a truly immersive viewing and listening experience. The TCL Alto soundbars provide precision playback for any TV, and they play music from smartphones and laptops. TCL brings you excellent picture quality, sleek design, and stunning resolution, and now the TCL Alto soundbars deliver superb sound all at an affordable cost. The TCL Roku TV has endless entertainment with easy access to over a half million TV episodes and movies and thousands of streaming channels. I experience TCL daily with the TVs in the Scorner Studios. Everything looks great, but sports look especially amazing. TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand and available at major retailers everywhere. Learn more at TCLUSA.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a second. We'll use this download to remind you of a couple things we've got going on here at Score North. Score North, we have a brand new golf show, 10,000 Swings with Brad Cole and David Branstead. Two golf geeks breaking down the latest in golf culture around Minnesota and the latest stories on the PGA Tour. Find 10,000 Swings at 7 p.m. on Mondays on Score North on AM 1500 or on demand on Apple, Spotify, or the Score North mobile app. Also, you can join Mackie and Judd with Rami each Wednesday at 5 p.m. for Write That Down. The guys not only make sports predictions, but hold each other accountable for them each and every week. For your chance to be a guest picker on Write That Down, enter through listening rewards on your Score North mobile app. And boys, we'll use this download to remind you or let you guys know, tomorrow, Write That Down, Mm -hmm. home run only edition. Oh, damn it. We have one a month. 
tomorrow is our one. Is Mackie calling in for this? He's either calling in or Mike dropping us his his home run. I hate home run only. Write that down. Hate it. Hate it with a passion. Home run only edition tomorrow. Write that down. I enjoy right it. here on Mackie and Judd. By the way, our listeners they act like every week is home run only. It's their one chance. Yeah, I got, used to do it all the time. Judd can confirm this. Yes, I came out with got, the biggest of swings. They've got one shot. They take it. Yeah, I don't blame them. See, I think they need to think about it more in a team aspect. Nah. Yes, it's your one shot. But oh. You're swinging oh, for all oh, listeners. Oh, oh, play the breaking news sound. What just happened? We got some breaking news. We just got a tweet from the confirmed account of the St. Paul Saints. Oh. We heard you loud and clear at Score North, at Jay Zolgad, at Phil Mackey. Wait. Thanks for but the no love. We'll take love. care of you. Um. We heard you loud and clear uh. at Score North, at Jay Zolgad, hey at Phil Mackey. Thanks for the love. We'll take care of you. Guys. You know, I'm included, so I would like to <laughs> thank all the people at CHS Field. You do a great job. Again, let me emphasize one of the great, one of the great promotional Guys. wings of a baseball team. I, I, I understand. Mackie and Judd have been around long before the with Rami part of the show. I understand that. But I've been here 13 months already. I've been, how many times have I been to CHS Field? Just, I was just there like a week and a half ago. Well. Now we're not getting them. It's at Rami is tweeting. No, I'm going to keep it civil. It's at Rami is tweeting. Yeah. At Phil Mackey isn't even here today. <laughs> He's not even here today to ask for the bobblehead. It was me. Then you know what you do? At Rami is tweeting. Just take his. Who asked for When it. the package arrives, Jonathan just said it. Intercept it. He doesn't know. He's not here. Just grab Mackey's package. <sighs> Man. Did we clear out for that? Yeah, we cleared out for that. For that, that. drop? That's, okay. a, that's going to be one of our best drops. Hit it. All right. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That's right. Judge Jonathan Harrison asks random questions, then arbitrarily hands out points based on who kisses his ass the best. It's Cram Session. And we now turn things over to the Honorable Judge, Jonathan Harrison. How do I even transition off that one? All right, whatever. The Athletic (laughs) revealed over the weekend that Madison Bumgarner competes in rodeos under the alias Mason Saunders. Time for some speculation or just making stuff up, boys. Who's the Minnesota athlete who participates in a sport or hobby that would surprise people? And what's the alias they use to participate in said hobby? Judd, you want to go first on this one? Uh, I have one. I'm still formulating it in my mind because oh, just real quick. The th- oh, still the, formulating, huh? The, the yeah. third question. I was so <laughs> Judd. I was so worried about the third question and spent so much time preparing for it that I gave this one almost no thought. I'll say that right off the top. I gave this one wait almost no thought. <laughs> wait, we okay. The third question we were given cheat sheets for. I know, and I, I spent, sent you guys links. Yes, yeah. I know. All right, all right let me go. <laughs> And not to be a goody two-shoes, but I've got two for you, Jonathan. Okay. Because I've got a past Minnesota sports athlete and a present one. I love it. My past one, former Viking, Jared Allen, moonlighting as a wrestler known as Mullet Man. (laughs) Because Jared Allen had the greatest mullet, and long after mullets were out of style, Jared Allen took great pride, great pride in having a mullet. Mullet man. It's funny because he actually does participate in a sport or activity that we were all surprised by in curling. 
Exactly right. We, but he goes by Jared Allen. We didn't see it coming. But I could have seen him being I, I just I, I think the the extracurricular yeah. would be wrestling. Uh, my second one, current player. You have two of them? Yes. Just give him the point on this one. I have one. I'll give it to you in a second, but just give him the point on this. He's my clearly given this more thought than I have. My second for low key for low key athlete in town who would perform, and this is not a dangerous extracurricular, Mitch Garver as a pool player known as Herman White. I don't even know why I why picked is he Herman White because I I thought of Walter White and then I thought what's another twist on Walter? It's Herman, but Mitch Gar Mitch Garver strikes me as the type of dude who's got like he's really smart I think and I think there's a lot going on upstairs, but he doesn't really share a, a lot. But I could see him moonlighting as a pool player. It? I have no idea. I know Jared Allen would probably be good at wrestling because he's got the. I have no idea. But he strike. He looks like a guy Herman that would play White. pool competitively, and I like the name Herman White. It is a pool player name. That does sound like a pool player name. I give this a lot of thought, you guys. Mine is uh, Jose Barrios, who crossfits. He moonlights as a crossfitter. He flips tires. He swings from bars. He flings around giant ropes. Whatever crossfitters are doing, Jose Barrios is doing that in his free time, and he goes by the name Joey Berries. Joey Berries, the CrossFitter, what? is what he does when he moonlights. Joey, Joey Berries. Berries. <laughs> I cough for a second. Shut that off. <laughs> By the way, the St. Paul Saints have gotten back to us, actually responded to you, Judd, who thank you. You, you tweeted back at you. them. You said, thank you. Can you include Rami as tweeting? And they said, of course we're going to take care of Rami as tweeting. He's the glue that holds the entire show together. Thank you. Well, they didn't need to go that I appreciate far. That. They didn't need to go I mean, that far. I don't mind that they did, I just said, though. don't leave him out. He feels bad. <laughs> I don't mind that they did, though. Okay, I'll Jonathan, give, who gets the point for that I'll first question? Like uh, I'm going to give Judd the point here. He came up with two of them, and they were both pretty good. Joey Berry's. Joey Berry's. I do like Joey that's, Berry's. A, that's a very close second, because that is a very good name. All right. But coming up with Mitch Garver as a pool player, for some reason. Herman White. So out of left field, and I love it. All right. Next question. Okay. Yesterday, we almost saw the trade of Zach Parise to the Islanders. So, in honor of that, what is your favorite almost trade or almost free agent signing or almost transaction in in your sports life? What's the move that almost happened but ended up falling short? Can I can I ask for clarification on this, yeah. Your Honor? All right. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Are you okay? That's so funny. I want clarification. I want clarification. I want clarification. I want clarification what Your is that? Is this a trade that came close to happening yes. that we wanted to happen but did not go through? It doesn't matter. Okay. Because it doesn't, it's not, when you use the word favorite, that has yeah, a positive connotation. That's fair why enough. I needed the clarification because there's nothing positive about what I'm about to say. As a lifelong Bulls fan, okay. who got uh, now? Granted, I was spoiled. I saw a lot of glory. I saw a lot of winning. Not just with the Jordan Bulls, but those D Rose years were pretty great as well. They never Probably got the not ultimate the basketball market. You want to be they, bragging about that? They never right got now. the ultimate prize, but I was I've been spoiled in my basketball life. And then I went and worked in Milwaukee and watched Giannis rise to greatness. So I that aside, the Bulls and LeBron James and Dwayne Wade have both come out and admitted this. We're this close, this close to instead of it being the Heatles of LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch, they were this close to getting LeBron and D Wade in Bulls uniforms mm. to play alongside Derrick Rose. 
That would have been... I bet they're glad they didn't. That would have been so amazing. That would have been basketball porn right there. It would have until D. Rose grabbed an appendage. But who knows if that happens? D. Rose was carrying the whole team on his back. And maybe that's why he was blew Tibbs out Was Tibbs the coach knee. at that time? Yes, Tibbs was the coach at that time. It, it, but, is that what kept him from doing it? In, in all seriousness, I'm not... No, D-Wade D and LeBron are both big Tibbs guys. Okay. Or at least were at the time. Okay. I mean, for everything that we say about Tom Thibodeau, first of all, at, at that time... Yeah. He was highly reg- he was highly regarded as one of the best coaches mm-hmm. in this league. He he just the league passed him by and he didn't evolve with it. But at that time, he was still at the top of his game and one of the more highly regarded, highly respected coaches in this league. Can you imagine LeBron, D. Wade, and D. Rose on the floor at the same time with with Tom Thibodeau in that era coaching those guys? <laughs> That would have been amazing to watch. I don't care who you're a With fan Tibbs, of. Their careers would, would all be done by now, though. Probably. He would have run them right into the ground. LeBron! After... I, got, I, I need more LeBron! But after three or four championships, I don't know. Go ahead. That would run, have been. Run them into would, the You ground. know what? You know, I hate to say this because you're, you're my friend, and I, I know you're a huge Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. But after Jordan, you didn't deserve that. I mean, I get it. Like I said, I don't expect. Like, ex- like it's here. a cool. It's cool. It's I don't a expect cool any. I wasn't. I wasn't saying this for sympathy. I right. get that I'm not getting any sympathy from yeah. Timberwolves fans of all fan bases <laughs> about my basketball life. But yeah. you asked what was my favorite almost trade, a free agent signing that didn't one. happen. That would have been really damn good, man. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, 2007, and I believe it would have been the spring of 2007 when Brett Favre was still the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And at that time, the Packers, it didn't look like uh, Brett was going to get pushed out the door or retire as quick as Brett did. And there were serious uh, trade discussions of a deal that would have sent a young quarterback, a young backup quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers, to the Oakland Raiders for Randy Moss, who Brett Favre wanted to play with, and you can't blame him. And keep in mind... While it didn't work out very well in 2010 because Moss came here pretty cooked in 2007 when he was in Oakland and then went to the Patriots, it was a different story. So the the fact was it fell apart, which was too bad. And I guess if you're the Packers, you're ecstatic it did because you got Aaron now for what, the last X amount of years where he's been great. Uh, the Raiders were the ones to shut this trade down, which in retrospect for them was not great. But anyway... Can you imagine Brett Favre and Randy Moss having been teammates on that Green Bay team? And, and, not that I'm advocating sticking the needle in Vikings fans, but can you imagine Randy Moss wearing the Packers uniform while he's still at the height of his game, basically, with Brett Favre as his teammate? That's my. They for sure would have won a Super Bowl with those two. You got to think so. I mean, Randy was so damn good then. And he made Brett Tom threw, Brady better. Yeah, and Brett, and Brett, I mean, as irresponsible, as great as Brett was, but on the flip side of that, as irresponsible as Brett could be, throwing the ball to Randy Moss, who at that time yeah. still would catch most everything thrown his way, they would have, it would have been a nightmare scenario if you were the Vikings. By the way, Brett made that request to the Packers that he wanted them to trade for Brett Favre, and Mark Murphy was just or not Mark Murphy, I'm sorry, Ted Thompson, the GM at the time, was just not a guy, especially in that phase of his career, who brought in free agents, who made big mm-hmm. splash trades. That just wasn't his style. He was all about draft and develop. And when when that fell on deaf ears, when he asked them to go and trade for Randy Moss, he was basically saying, look, I don't have much time left. I want to win a Super Bowl before I retire, or yeah. another Super Bowl before I retire. And Ted Thompson basically dismissing that outright and saying, I won't trade for Randy Moss. 
was that was what ultimately poisoned the waters and led to that relationship falling apart because Favre was looking at it and going, man, I'm approaching 40, yeah. and you guys want to draft and develop? We need, yeah. to, we need to make some win-now moves. And to Jonathan's point, think about this. So let's say that Moss gets traded to the Packers, and in, let's say 2008 or so, 2007, they win a title, right? Mm-hmm. There's a chance then, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing this, but there's a chance if that had happened... That Brett really does write off and say, thanks, yeah. I'm done. Never comes to the Vikings. Right? Retires on a championship. Doesn't come here. Right. Moss wins Could've a championship. history. Moss wins a championship. In- Imagine if Randy Moss, as a Packer, had a Super Bowl ring Ugh. and didn't have one here, clearly, and how this town <laughs> would have handled that. Mouth. That was the sound. So anyway, that. That, the, that trade coming even close uh, to being consummated between the Raiders and the Packers to me is a a great what-if almost, and it clearly nearly happened. I'm giving this point to Rami just because I don't even want to think about Randy Moss winning a Super Bowl with the Thank Packers. You. And the Bulls so. one's a good one. Yeah, the Bulls But I'm glad you didn't get You didn't deserve that. But yeah, I really, yeah. You really didn't. Ugh. I mean, Randy Moss. can you imagine if Packer. I was that much more spoiled in my basketball life? That in between the Jordan era and the Giannis era, I got to witness up close. Yeah, I got that trio. Although you got the Bucks thing is more professional. Yeah, like but the, I took the a liking bull, to him. Sure, but the I Bulls, took a liking to but him. the Bulls thing that's your team. Like I'm sitting here today wearing a Bucks hat. That's how much of a liking I took to well, him. Well, wait, are you not more of a, a Bucks fan than a Bulls? No, fan? I'm more of a Bulls fan. Okay, but while I was still in Milwaukee, I went on. <laughs> I went on. I went on. I'll explain. Give me just a second. Sure. I went on the score in Chicago with Lawrence Holmes. Who knows? I'm a big Chicago guy, and we got to talking about the Bucks. And he said to me, he was like, "He's like, dude, I know you're still hanging on to your loyalties for the Bulls, and it's fine. You can come back whenever they're relevant again. <laughs> but I'm giving you Chicago's blessings to go full steam ahead with the with the Milwaukee. Go ahead and root for the Bucks. Root for the Bucks. Get out of jail. Free I got to get out of jail free card from Lawrence Holmes on the score in Chicago. There you go. Very nice. They gave me the full go ahead to to become a Bucks fan. They are unbelievable now, by the way. The Bulls? What eight? No. Oh, the Bucks. The Bucks. What both, eight? I guess. Eight losses. I mean, they're both unbelievable for completely different reasons. Eight yes. losses. Is that right? Eight or nine defeats all season long. Earliest any team has ever clinched a playoff spot. <laughs> That's ridiculous. In the what, history of the NBA. What round do they get bounced in? I know they're going to the finals this year, Judd. I don't know. Nobody's about that. getting this in isn't their that way. Philly's the only one that could get in their way, and they're just a mess right now. Yeah. Joel Embiid is a mess. Didn't their, and Ben Simmons, it sounds like that back injury could be pretty serious. Didn't their coach have have a great run with the Hawks like five years, six years back? Budenholzer, yeah. Budenholzer and the Hawks were unbelievable, and we all thought the Hawks but are really... But they didn't have a superstar. That was the one thing that team was missing. That was just a cast of sure. characters okay. that could all shoot the basketball. This is a cast of characters who can all shoot the basketball with Giannis in the middle. I bet you middle. 10 bucks right now the Bucks don't make the finals. You're on. Okay. Gotta write that down. You're on. Is that a home run? Can I use that as a home run tomorrow? Bucks are going to the finals. No, they have eight losses. Don't try and pull that. They've clinched a playoff spot before anybody's even close. Whatever. All right. Third and final question. That was so lame. All right. We've been teasing it for a little while now. This is a tough question for you guys because it's, it's impossible. out of your wheelhouse. No, I love this question. Minnesota <laughs> embrace this question. Minnesota United's fourth MLS season kicks off on Sunday. You can hear all the broadcasts right here on Score North, the free Score North mobile app, and streaming at live.scorenorth.com. With that happening on Sunday, I want your best preview and prediction of how they'll do this season. And I've sent you guys links to how, I mean, MLSsoccer.com's preview and ESPN.com's preview of the MLS season. 
Judd, I'll let you lead this one off, buddy. You sure you want me to? Yeah. Because I was going to let you lead this no, one No, I'm going to let you go. I want to hear what you I'm have gonna... to say about the Loons. They are the Loons, by the way. Yes. United Everybody has that name. The Loons is a great name. All right, so I went to all three links that producer Jonathan sent us. Mm-hmm. I crunched some stuff, some numbers, mm-hmm. some thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with my preview being in the back end. The keeper. Tyler Miller. Now... The Loons had a very good keeper last year, and he returned home. But replacing him is huge, all right? Now, here's the nice thing. Miller comes from, and I'm sure my guy Rami's all over this. Oh, yeah. LAFC, all right? Yeah, for sure. Coming off a strong year there. He joins a team, so he's coming off a strong year. Mm -hmm. He joins a team that reduced its goals against from a couple years back just being a sieve-like, an embarrassing 71 goals against, to last year, 43 goals against. Their point total goes from 36, again, not good, to 53. And a playoff berth, I believe that they were fourth in the Western Conference table, if I'm not mistaken, last yep. year. Okay. Now, now you're saying to yourself, Judd, have you gone Pollyann on soccer? Because I'm not Mr. Positive ordinarily, all right? I'm going to tell you I have not. Because in my research, I have found a couple of key players, I think, who need to, as they say in the States, Step up. The Uruguayan playmaker, Thomas Chacon, all right, came in midseason last year, but disappointing, only played 85 minutes. We need more. We need more, though. We need more. The Finnish attacker, Robin Ladd, he needs to step up, too. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. So let me give give you. I thought. (laughs) Can I finish up? Oh, okay, we're done. He's from Finland. I didn't know he was saying. I didn't know he was saying Finnish like like from Finland. I thought I thought that was the name no, of a no position. Fin- no, there's no thought, called a Finnish attacker. Finnish attacker He's was a position. Like He's he, like Miko Koivu. He's Finnish. Yeah. Like he was the guy who fi- like would finish it off. Right. He was the guy who would score the goal. Can I finish with my prediction, please? <laughs> please. Now, do you mean finish like finish, or do you mean? Fi- Can I conclude? Yes. <laughs> Here's what I'm expecting. All right? <laughs> After looking at all of these things, I think the Loons are going to finish fifth in the Western Conference table and thus qualify for the conference playoffs for a second consecutive year. It's a competitive conference. They finished fourth last year. I think they're going to finish one spot below that. But my research shows that the top seven in each of the conference tables make the playoffs. Right. So where do you have them finishing? I have them fifth, but that's still good enough for a playoff I think spot. That's a little too optimistic, Judd. I'm not. I'm not feeling great about the Loons' chances this year. And look, I, I, they brought back the entire back six from one of the best defenses in the league last year. So the defense should be good. It, it might even be better with the additions of Luis Amarilla and Tyler Miller. Good additions. By by the by the loons to bring those guys in. Keeper's important, and I I I love the defense led by Ike Opara, Ozzy Alonso, Romain Metinier. Shut up! But Judd, you bit off more than you can chew. Jonathan, you bit off more than you can chew. This is a team that scored eleven goals in their final eleven games last year. Where is the scoring coming from? Where is the scoring coming from with this team? And I just don't know how you let goalkeeper of the year Vito Manoni. No, he left. Just leave. It's not their fault. What do you mean it's not their fault? He was fault? on loan. They couldn't control that. They offered him 
the biggest contract in, I think. He basically, I think, was homesick, correct? Yeah, essentially. He, he Which wanted is fine. to be closer to his family. Yeah. He's from Italy. Yeah. Well, Judd was screaming and yelling about guys wanting to be closer to their oh, families. Oh, if Miko Koivu, Koivu went back to Finland, I got no problem with that. See, I'm agreeing with Judd here. I think they're actually on for a pretty good season. In conclusion, I am finishing seventh in the West. Wow. Whoa! Yeah, wow. But you know what? They're finishing in the playoffs. They'd make the playoffs. They would make the playoffs. They would make the playoffs. I don't think seventh is quite high enough. I think they're fourth, fifth, maybe even third, depending on if another transaction comes in. Mm. So, Judd, you're getting the point and the win today. Yeah. I think you're wrong about that, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see the start of it on Sunday. <laughs> How arrogant would that be of me to just be like, yeah, no. No, you don't know you're wrong, about. dude. I know you host Loon Soccer here on Score North, and uh, I don't know anything about it, but... I don't even know how to pronounce Roman Metanier's name. I'm going to say you're wrong about you this You basically one. had the keeper quitting. <laughs> <laughs> the poor keeper didn't quit. You got homesick. Was I right, though? They might have trouble scoring goals. Is that a thing that... Uh, they shouldn't with Luis Amaria. Oh. He's, their, he's the new attacker that they signed on loan from Argentina, and he's... In preseason, he's been pretty good so far. He's good at getting in the right spot to get in for the goal. All right. Yeah. If you say so. They shouldn't have problems attacking. How much time we got left here? We've got like a minute? 40 seconds. Okay. So we should probably just start wrapping this thing up, right? Yeah. Okay. There's about four seconds until the <laughs> Were you going to do something? Point. I had another thing lined up, but we can save it. Trying to get tomorrow. more free stuff on the Saints? No. Did you see what Vontez Burfecht? His yes. agent said? <laughs> it's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> no, what he said. Quick. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Ooh, nice tease. It's the most tone-deaf thing. 24-hour tease. That I've heard in a long, long Love time. Take that. We'll get into it tomorrow. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd with Rami. On scorenorth.com, the Score North app, Apple, Spotify, wherever you got your podcast. Subscribe, rate, comment, do all the good things. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Hey, guys, it's Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. I want to talk to all you business owners out there. I've been a business owner myself. I know what goes into it. You love the ups and you love the elations, but you're also grinding on a daily basis, solving problems, taking care of employees, and sometimes even being around your employees more than your own family. So it helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running said business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You get a face-to-face relationship and you get over a century of experience in Federated, helping businesses become as successful as they can be. It's a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna, and their website is a very powerful tool for all of you business owners. Federatedinsurance.com to find out about the industries that Federated protects, and Federatedinsurance.com to find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours.